Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to No Budget Nightmares. This is Mo. He's a bad film hating while I skating all the while masturbating. And that's Mo Pawn. Yeah. yeah. And with me, as always, is the one and only Doug Tilly. He's bow, Doug bow, Tilly, bow, 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 number bow, one super bow, guy. Bow, bow. Yes, Mo. It could be fair to say that I am here now, now. <laughs> right now. <laughs> I am here. Dot 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 now. And uh, if you like people making jokes about ellipses, then you are going to love this episode because <laughs> that's pretty much all we have. <laughs> that's it, man. We're just we have actually we don't even have that many of them. It's just the one, the one ellipse joke, and then and, and we used it already. So sorry. <laughs> the well, next, we, we got it out of the way. The next two hours is going to really suck. <laughs> uh, not for me, ah. but uh, it's good to be back on No Budget Nightmares. It's been a long break. Yeah. Why is that, Mo? Why has it been such a long break? Well, I had uh, I applied for a job, and basically, uh, the, this the process of applying for this job got me so wound up because because as most of our listeners might or hey, maybe not, I don't know, uh, know <laughs> that I haven't really worked in like two years. And I was uh, gonna say our listeners don't all know you personally, Mo. <laughs> I, yeah, it's true. Well, for the ones who don't, uh, I, yeah, I haven't really worked in like two years, so. Thanks, Obama. <laughs> and um, the the prospect of of not getting this job for something stupid and inconsequential, uh, you know, in my opinion, really was racking my nerves. And and I just found out uh, like the other day that I that I did officially get the job. So, um, and so so now I'm like, well, let's do this now. Now let's let's. <laughs> So like basically, basically, yeah, basically what happens, yeah, the large weight on my shoulders just lifted up. All the anxiousness in my tummy went away, and and I can <laughs> tummy. Yeah, you know, like I was anxious in my my. I, no, I understand, but who, you refer to it as your tummy. I'm a big boy. You're a big boy. That's right. <laughs> That's right. You are a big boy, and you are allowed to refer to your uh, gut as yeah. anything you wish, a, including tummy. Damn straight, I so damn straight, I can. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, well, I'm glad your tummy is feeling better, Mo. Yeah, I had a, I had a lot of weird nervousness and anxiousness, and like I just couldn't concentrate on anything. Mm-hmm. And in fact, the entire time, like it wasn't even just like I couldn't concentrate on doing this show. Like I didn't do drunk on VHS the whole time either, and like I didn't even really watch any movies. You know, I only really started. And then the funny thing is that like once I found out that I got the job, like I fucking binge watched movies that whole fucking day. I watched like six movies. I saw that you were doing that, Mo, and I had I couldn't help but notice that you left today's feature presentation. <laughs> I am here, dot, 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 
now, now. for the very last. Well, yeah, because I because <laughs> yeah, I wanted to make sure that we had that we had a recording time scheduled, which then of course I had to push back a couple more days because I got sick, <laughs> and <laughs> and, uh, and make. But I wanted to make sure we had a date set for this, and then I'm like, well, I'll do my normal thing of uh, waiting to the last minute to watch the uh, to watch the movie, which is what I did. You did, and the funny thing about that is I watched this uh, right before our original <laughs> recording date, and I don't mean original as in two days ago. No, no. I mean original as in several <laughs> weeks ago. <laughs> like three or four weeks ago. Yeah, it's been a while, so uh, it's been a while, uh, and wow. I watched this movie twice in one day. Yeah. And for those who know anything about this movie, they will recognize that it's quite an accomplishment, uh, yeah. because... And we're, we're going to get into that as we get into everything. But I am here now. I think of this as quite the palate cleanser compared to some of the films we've covered lately on the show, which is not to say that we haven't enjoyed uh, talking about them. But this is a movie that kind of harkens back to the early days of No Budget Nightmares. Yeah. And we sometimes covered really batshit fucking crazy stuff. Yeah, no, you're right. I think this is definitely like a return to form, so to speak. <laughs> well, I hope. Yeah. <laughs> It would be appropriate. We, we've gone through a lot of rebirths, so this is just another one, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but before we talk about the movie, Mo, there's a few things, a l- little bit of housekeeping I think we should do. Okay. <laughs> You're fired! Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, uh, I wanted to thank a few people who have helped contribute uh, to oh, yeah, No Budget Nightmares. Yeah. yeah, see, I've been thinking about this shit. Uh, some of those of you who might uh, go to our Facebook page uh, occasionally will know that uh, recently I've been begging, pleading, falling on my knees, and uh, servicing people <laughs> because of the hosting costs of this podcast and yeah. for our website. Uh, and because that cost is, well, it, it goes up actually <laughs> this year, and actually it just went up. Um, we needed a little help. We we asked around to see if people could contribute a little bit. It's not a huge amount. We're only talking about something like one hundred and fifteen dollars. Right. But uh, but you know every little bit helped. And and some people they dug deep. Well, and, that's I uh, mean that's one hundred and fifteen dollars. You know when you're talking about one guy who is well, I mean at the time unemployed and you know and another person who has a family to deal with. You know I mean. Are you talking about me? Um, well, I mean you're the one who has the wife and the pets. Ugh, I know, right? <laughs> well, not for long. <laughs> but uh, but yes, uh, we did put the call out. Some very, very generous, wonderful people. Uh, and, and by the way, that we're not closing the door on that. If anyone wants to donate more, yeah. please feel free to. But I wanted to give a big shout out to fans of the show and personal friends of mine. Uh, Adam Thorne. Who uh, we we uh, both Mo and myself saw his film uh, Personal Space Invader. Yep. Uh, and in fact, I have a character. Named after myself in that film, so Tug thanks Millie. for that contribution. Yeah, well, uh, I, you know, I mean, I've got one in the second one, so we'll we'll see about that. No, we're not. We'll see. I do. <laughs> He's a killer clown, apparently, named Mo Porno. Uh, we also had a great contribution from Paul Busetti, uh, a really great fan of the show. I shouldn't say really great, as if that puts down the rest of the people. No, no, it put down the fuck the rest of the people. It's, yeah, Paul's it's, great, and he's been a fan for a really long time. Yeah, he's, and he's been always, very supportive. Yeah. 
yeah, he's great. Uh, also got a, uh, a donation from Sanctuary7. I'm not sure who that is in this mm. case, and I apologize for not knowing your name. If you do drop us a line, we'll give you a, a vocal shout-out. And we also got a great contribution from Weberly Rattencraft. Nice. Uh, fr- friend of the show, yeah. uh, friend on Twitter, uh, and really nice to see people, uh, you know, th- they want to hear more. We're here to give them more. You want the best, you got the best. <laughs> the right? hottest podcast in the land. That's right. NBN. Actually, Does anyone here like alcohol? <laughs> <laughs> it's got a Which little heat outside. Which one of you girls like to get licked? <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. I went to go do my Paul Stanley and it came out fucking Roxo the Clown. <laughs> I do cocaine. Uh, well, doing cocaine <laughs> transitions well. Into oh. the topic of today's show. I got to tell you, I wish I had some when I was watching this. This thing was batshit. I loved it. Uh, let's start with talking about <laughs> a young man, an artist, an auteur named Neil Breen. Yes. Now, Neil Breen is... <laughs> a real estate some- agent? Real estate agent uh, slash architect slash visionary, I would say. Uh, uh, yeah. A director f- from... Uh, well, a director slash other... Uh, those are other things that he does. <laughs> uh, a Las Vegas-based entrepreneur, I would say, who a few years back in 2005 decided that what he needed and what we needed was for him to be acting and writing and directing his own feature films. Right. And he started with a film called Double Down. And that's the film when it ev- eventually showed up on Netflix that sort of got a, a bit of notoriety uh, around him for reasons that may uh, be separate from its qualities, let's say. <laughs> like positive qualities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a few years after that, he released a film called I Am Here, dot, 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 now, now which is what we're going to be covering on today's show. He since went on to make a film called Fateful Findings, which is really kind of heating up his entire career because uh, people are just discovering it now and they're going back through his catalog. And uh, Neil Breen is a very interesting character both as a performer and right. as a kind of creator of content right. because his films have a very specific attitude and a very specific viewpoint and they are all very unique and really very much their own animal. Mm. A lot of people compare especially, especially Fateful Findings to movies like The Room but the thing about Neil Breen is that he, it isn't just one thing and then he gets this notoriety and kind of gets embarrassed. Right, exactly. Or, he's got this whole, you know, he's got this whole portfolio of work that he's done and 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 i like i like the fact that i mean that he had three or four films done already before he's starting to get any notoriety because now Mm -hmm. people are going to go back and find his earlier work and be like whoa this is fucking crazy too this is great you know and i could also i I could really see i'm sorry i didn't mean to cut you off there but i I, i can really see you know neil breen getting this huge like crazy cult following you know, after especially after watching this, which is which is a movie that <laughs> I have been. I mean, because you recommended Fatal Findings, then when we couldn't find it, huh? uh, you know, like I had recommended, I am here now because it had been sitting in my to watch pile for a really long time. So it worked out. Yeah, no, it really did. It really and I'm did. really glad. I'm glad we 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 focus on this one instead. Right. For one thing, it's because Fatal Findings is being covered to death right now. Right, right. And this uh, is an earlier film. We'll get the word out about his other work. Uh, yeah, and, and 
Once you hear about what this movie is about, right. I have a feeling that everybody listening to this podcast is going to want to see this. Oh, and rightfully so. so. Yeah, this is the kind of thing where uh, <laughs> just describing it isn't really enough to get across just how fucking crazy <laughs> this movie is. But it, it'll, it'll give you a, a tinge, a taste, a little... Mm, ah, blah, blah, blah. And it'll give you that, and then you'll seek out everything connected to this unique artist. You're right. Now, let's, uh, let us not fool ourselves. The, the, one of the reasons that we enjoy this movie so much is because it is... Um, not traditionally well made. Right, right, right. There, there's a lot of very strange, but also very kind of corner cutting ways <laughs> that this film came together, including the reuse of footage, Lots the reuse of, of reuse sound, of footage, yeah. the reuse of sound effects, as we will see, <laughs> uh, and also just a sort of a, a sort of ego that you can only really find in the lowest and highest budgeted movies, mm. where you see people who have who who have kind of labeled themselves as as someone with who has a message to give and they are going to uh enlighten the world using this message and sometimes that comes across as being um shitty assholeish not in this case actually i'm thinking more along the lines of lady in the water right <laughs> <laughs> but but here it it comes across almost Adorable. It is adorable. Naive. That's a really yeah, good term. A real, yeah. This is an adorable movie. And Neil Brian is an adorable person. <laughs> Especially when he takes his shirt off. Which he does. Which he does. All right. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, uh, as is our way, we will talk about all of this <laughs> in, in startling, probably excessive detail. Way too much. Uh, I should mention that because it has been a couple of weeks since I've seen this film, there may be periods where uh, I am I get momentarily confused. It's not early onset Alzheimer's. It's just because uh, even though I've seen this movie twice and have a lot of I have a real fuckload of notes in front of me, uh, this it's a confusing movie at times. Yeah, but the, fact, prob- be- the problem is is that ninety nine percent of those notes is reused footage again, reused footage <laughs> again, reused footage again. Uh, I'm glad I watched it twice because there are a couple of characters who are similar enough that I got very confused about which one was which. And I don't... Like, I'm really careful about that. But in this movie, it, it was difficult for me. Well, I love that you found that website. You yeah, know? the one... There was a great website which which kind of showed the uh, a picture of all of the characters and gave the names. And, hey, if I was smart, I'd have that in front of me right now. But it's, It was well, called... Uh, the, the website's called Conjugal Facility... Or Felicity, sorry. ConjugalFelicity.com. And if you go on there and just do a search for I am here dot 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 now, uh, they'll do a movie. It's it's just a movie recap and it and it gives a little uh, summary of each of the of the main players in the film. Uh, and I love how a lot of them don't even have names. Yeah, you know, like, they really like, don't. They really don't. It's like man in wheelchair, gang leader, you know, politician, <laughs> corporate executive, corporate lawyer. But that but then Eric has Eric has a name. Yes, the yeah. Eric. <laughs> we'll get to Eric in a second, but I mean, like, I love that. Like, there are these characters who are in the film for way longer than Eric is, but Eric has a name. <laughs> All right, let's talk about it. Let's talk about let's this movie. It. Let's get into it. Let- and it's it's a it's a strange movie to start talking about because the movie itself begins uh, with like some CG with some actual footage of us traveling through the cosmos. Uh, Neil deGrasse T- Tyson nowhere to be found. Well, there's seven minutes. Uh, there's seven minutes of that shit before we actually get our first line of the film. So I mean, 
You know, it's well, it's not seven minutes of pure CG, but I mean, I th- at least a good five. And like yeah. it opens on like a weird starscape, and it, like I said, I, I in my notes it said it kind of looks like two thousand one, but cheesier. <laughs> no, I mean the, the the CG in this in this sense. I mean, it's, it's actually probably, not bad. It's actually yeah, it's a lot not bad, and the music is really good CG too. Seen, yeah. The music is actually pretty good throughout like the entire the film. Music. I like the yeah. music in the film. It's mostly just stock music, and it's used again and again. But, I but mean, it's, it's certainly... used perfectly. And and that's another thing about this movie. Even though uh, there are some real limitations to uh, to what he's trying to do here. It's really uh, well put together. It looks like a movie. Yeah. It, like, like Compared to the movies that we usually cover on this show, yeah. especially. It looks like something that you would see on Netflix. Right, right. Uh, that you know, if you're just wandering around, you might <laughs> just kind of wander upon it. I am so, here. Dot 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 dot. Now, yeah, we get the title on the screen. I am here. And now. the t- the title screen's great too because it's just like this. You know, it's like sort of like a purple cloudscape sort of thing, and you know, it looks like all super extra heavenly. <laughs> Uh, uh, and then we get a lot of footage of the desert. I love the shot of the two moons. Yes, there is a shot of a Tatooine-like... It's Tatooine. <laughs> like two moons uh, to kind of give an impression of otherworldliness, which is going to be really important right. because the character that Neil Breen plays in this film could be called, could be referred to quite accurately as otherworldly. Mm-hmm. He's the in fact, being. His character is called... The being. The being. I love the being. Mm-hmm. And uh, now, I uh, I described, by the way, the there's all this desert footage yeah. that, that kind of opens the film. It's like, uh, I described it as being like Tree of Life as directed by Todd Sheets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's just tons of footage. Good. That's pretty good. <laughs> there's just lots of... De- now, I've never... I've never lived near a desert or actually spent any time in one, so I, I actually always get a little bit of a kick and a little bit of an excitement out of seeing desert footage, uh, and that probably says something really unpleasant about me. Right. But uh, but there's it's like some of the cinematography here is really nice. It's a really lovely looking desert. It goes on way too long, yeah. and we see. Well, that's a, a running comment. theme in this film too. Is that this movie could have been well, and it is uh, online somewhere six minutes long. You know, but uh, yes, yeah, no this this movie could have been. 40 minutes easily but there's just so much you know like extended footage and like you know and and just going back to the same thing we just saw and it it, i mean i know we're gonna say that a zillion more times but (laughs) i'm trying to get it through to these you know to the to the audience here that that it really is the sort of thing that like you know like we really do spend five full minutes of just desert, you know. And then we see a comet fly through the air and right. crash into the ground. But it's not a comet. It's not. It's some weird uh, crystal It's a rock ball. lobster. Oh, no, it's, you're right. It's, <laughs> but it wasn't a rock. <laughs> it was. It's a glass ball. It's like a crystal ball, a little tiny one. I say tiny, but I mean it's like a hand-sized. Um, and it leaves this kind of trail of debris. And... Doll heads and... <laughs> it does, yeah. It, it leads all. It leaves all sorts of bizarre things around. We don't really see how this leads to the being kind of being birthed from it. But the idea is, I guess, that Neil Breen's character arrives on this comet. Yep. <laughs> now, how would you describe his character? Um, I would describe his character as a android zombie Jesus. 
Hmm. That would be a very accurate way of describing him. And when Moe describes Neil Breen as an android zombie Jesus, he's not being facetious. I'm not at all. The, no. Like, be, the, because the very a, first scene we see is of his feet with the stigmata on each foot. Yeah, he hops down from the cross. I mean, it's, it right. shows him come down from the cross. Exactly. He comes down from the cross, and then we get this <laughs> pan up. And as we pan up, he p- puts his hands, palms out, and there's like circuit boards, you know. Uh, uh, there's like a motherboard each... tucked into his chest. Yeah, there's a motherboard tucked into his chest. He has ram sticks on his arms. <laughs> right, right. And then the best part is, is that when we get this weird, we get this close up of his face, and he'll look back and forth. And as he's looking back and forth, he'll change from human Neil Breen to, or I'm sorry, human the being to this zombie the being, and then back again. And it's just so bizarre how they do that. Yeah, he looks back and forth, and his face turns to a monster face. Right. Now, I have a very interesting theory regarding that monster face, but we'll get to that a little bit later, okay. because we're going to see that monster face a in lot. all sorts of bizarre circumstances. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Probably one of the most awkward scenes I've ever seen. I, You know what? I'm going to go on the line and say maybe the most awkward scene that we've in a film that we've ever covered. Yeah, it's pretty awkward. It's super awkward. And... This close-up that we see of Neil Breen's face, it's it's his the back of his head is is against a blue sky, and we will see, especially in the next twenty minutes or so, a lot of his dialogue is shot from this exact angle, so it's just edited in against a blue sky. So, right. <laughs> so he he probably did a lot of his dialogue in this one place, and then just edited it in when people actually needed to have a conversation in the movie. Right, right. <laughs> But you know what? Whatever it works, you know, because because the angle that he shoots it on makes him look very like authoritative. You know, like it's it's all it's it's shot from below, so it's it makes him look bigger than he actually is, and it works. Sure, yeah. and that authority is uh, reinforced by his first line in the film, don't you think? I'm disappointed in your species, the human species. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I added some extra music in here, too. <laughs> yeah, so I like that theme. Yeah, the music works, you know. But, yeah, I love that. I'm disappointed in your species. So let's like, let's make this incredibly clear. Neil Breen has cast himself as Jesus. He's Jesus. Return to Earth to judge humanity. Yeah, you don't fuck with the Jesus. Yeah, you do not fuck with this Jesus because we see that he has super Jesus powers, which include the ability to uh, make a wilted rose mm. uh, stand up straight. Yep. And uh, also to become fake and stand in the stand. But what? <laughs> to, and also to make doll heads just appear the, randomly all around him. I love the randomness of this movie. Like that's my like when I was watching this. Like those were always my favorite points. Where like I mean, it stopped be towards the end. It stops becoming random because it's the same things over and over. But, <laughs> yeah, right. But at the beginning, when you're watching it, it's just like you know. Uh, a skull and a tarantula, you know, a fake rose, doll heads, you know, like it's, you know, this zombie Jesus, you know, talking about this being disappointed in people, you know, it's great. Now, this is this really gets to the main point that uh, uh, that I, we're going to make again and again when it comes to this film, which is that ideologically, I think I actually have a lot in common with Neil Breen. You do, right? You do, right? I yeah. mean, politically, I think we're in the same place. So this is a, a, a person coming at from a position of having a good heart and having uh, the position uh, politically that I would consider the right one. Right, right. <laughs> so 
it's well, hard don't get me to... wrong. Don't get me wrong. I would too. I mean, I you know, I, I I'm right there too. I mean, you're obviously way more involved than I am in that whole thing, but um, but I I agree with the politics of this movie because the Jesus that we see here is one who's very upset at the at, at uh, the United States. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah, you know, <laughs> you might as United well. States slash planet right. for uh, being shitty to the environment. Right? Yeah, he actually really what complains he's... that other planets are doing so much better and how like. You know how we haven't quite gotten there yet with like our solar technology or like wind and all that other stuff. Yeah, like, and they go back to that. You know, yeah, to, and then you know it's got its finger on the pulse <laughs> with with about all the uh, sustainable uh, energy. So there's really two things he seems to be really upset about. One is the fact that we've destroyed the environment. The other is that. Uh, Big business and corporations and fat cats are getting rich on the backs of regular folks like you and I, Mo. Right. Uh, and and they're you know they're filling their pockets with kickbacks, and <laughs> <laughs> the way that he shows that anger is to create characters that represent these points of view. And when we get to learn these, you know how they use that expression, straw man. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes. How you would create someone who is such an exaggerated version of what you see as your enemy as being that it, it, the argument doesn't really matter because that person just kind of is going to fall over. Well, everyone in this movie who is evil is a straw man. Yeah. I, <laughs> beyond caricature. Yes. And we'll hear much from them. Yes, we will. So uh, we also, by the way, as he's walking through the desert, it cuts every once in a while to bits of the film that we're going to see a little bit later, including the uh, before-mentioned shirtless Neil Breen. Mm. How would you describe shirtless Neil Breen? Uh, well, I would describe him as needing a shirt. Hmm. Correct. I mean, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to lie. You know, like, he's in way better shape than I am, but, I mean, he, he should know he should not be wearing a shirt. He should not be shirtless, at least not and on also- film. He's also wearing what I would describe as mom jeans in that scene. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, he took those off. He took those off of that uh, that druggy kid. You know. <laughs> so bl- bl- blame the drug users in this film. So ten minutes into this movie, you might be uh, Mo, and the audience might be wondering: Is there ever going to be a plot? <laughs> is there the going to be? The sort answer of is no. <laughs> <laughs> I was kind of hoping there wasn't going to be that. It was just going to be weirdness from beginning I, to end. You know what? I I would have had I. This would have been my would have easily been my favorite movie we'd covered so far. If he had done that, if the entire film had been nothing but like weird, like talking into the camera and like voiceovers and just odd, you know, <laughs> shots of doll heads. And, you know, I mean, like I I would have I would have been so in love with this movie. That's not to say that I'm not. I really enjoyed the movie, but I would have been deeply in love with this movie, like wanting to marry this movie if he had done that for the entire running time. One of the uh, most iconic moments in the film includes uh, the being holding a skull in his hand. I guess he just found it in the desert. Sure. And and kind of uh, speaking very eloquently about his problems with the world. Why are the humans failing? (laughs) I've given them everything. I've given them everything. (laughs) Everything. (laughs) You know what that scene feels like? 
That scene feels like he did everything. A, like he did a take. Then he said, well, I'll do another take. But I didn't like that last word, so I'll just say it over again. <laughs> but he, but he's, but after listening to the whole thing, he's like, you know what? I kind of like the whole thing. I'm gonna take the whole thing. <laughs> it has the the proper amount of gravitas. <laughs> so the plot of the movie suddenly comes roaring into focus, and right. by roaring in, I mean there's two people sitting in the back of a truck, right? And uh, they, I guess, they're drug dealers because they have a lot of drugs with them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, like that. It's the classic scene where you see like a key of coke or whatever. I, I guess it's actually supposed to be heroin, and like, there's a knife in it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And he's he's got like the there's there's a, a man and a woman, and the man, this guy's loco, because he is he has a gun, and he's shooting it randomly because that's what you do. You're in the desert, so why not? Sure. Uh, and she and and she thinks like the, the girl she she thinks he's just off his head her reaction fact, she, shot is incredible her, her delivery of this line is also incredible there's the shooting you're crazy you're crazy <laughs> i'm crazy he just pretended to shoot himself in the head no oh, there there it is <laughs> But her reaction after that was just, I mean, mwah, perfect. <laughs> so these are kind of uh, off-the-wall uh, people who, who are unpredictable. Doug, because you're, of all crazy. you're crazy. You're crazy. And, uh, and, and also, they're out there doing drugs in the desert for some reason. And in fact, uh, they voice the fact that they've been doing drugs. I'm so fucking high. I want you so bad. I really want you to. I like how she seems so disinterested. I yeah, re- I know. I, I really know. want you to. Now, Mo, I have a question for you. Sure. I, I've never used intravenous drugs before. Neither have I. Okay, but you you probably might know more about this because you were a musician. And sure. Yes, old. that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> so so he this guy picks up a needle, uh, which is <laughs> which is full of some sort of substance, and he moves it towards his arm. It cuts away for a second, <laughs> and uh, while it's cut while it's cut away, I guess he's putting the needle in his arm sure. and injecting himself with something. When it cuts back, there's blood coming out of his arm, like it's actually like running down his arm. Yeah, is that how drugs would work? O- I mean, I understand. <laughs> I, like you're supposed to mix your blood with the drug and inject it back in. This is I've seen this in the movies. <laughs> 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 yeah, and the, but in this case, he just leaves like a big trail of blood just kind of coming out of his arm. Right, and the best part is is that not only does it leave a trail of blood, but all of the fluid in the the syringe is still there. There's no, oh yeah, not none of it's gone whatsoever. <laughs> you uh, think you just right, go, pst, you know, squirt it off to the side and pretend? No. Right at the time that he's doing these drugs, quotation marks, mm-hmm. uh, he sees. Uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ <laughs> in front of him and does what anyone would do in this circumstance. He immediately him. shoots him. <laughs> <laughs> the best part is that this guy's supposed to be high on heroin. Yes. You know, he would have been out. Well, he... he <laughs> if train spotting has taught me anything. That's right. It should be fairly immediate, too. He is injecting it. Right, exactly. It's intravenous. It's like that. 
so he shoots Neil Breen slash Jesus, and his Jesus' reaction is, uh, "Your weapons cannot harm me." And then he he waves his own hand over himself to heal the bullet wounds. <laughs> uh, yeah. And uh, once again, he voices wait, wait, that he's I'm a disappointed little- in your species. <laughs> That's why I'm here. Let's get the hell out of here. Run. <laughs> run! Let's get the hell out of here! Run! So they start to run away, and Jesus uses his magical Jesus powers to freeze them in place. To freeze them. It, yeah, he's got some serious Jesus powers. Well, he has the same powers as Zach Morris on Saint <laughs> <laughs> And then, uh, just like anyone would do in these circumstances, just like the Terminator would do, he steals their clothes yeah. <laughs> and, and he, leaves them in their underwear on the... Uh, in a on pile. The, frozen? In a pile. Yeah, he yeah. freezes them and then makes them disappear. He's like, but it's only temporary. Well, I mean, he is he is in Vegas, so he and has he to make them disappear. <laughs> yes. how, how come all the best movies we watch take place in Vegas? <laughs> I know. I know. It. Vegas seems like the greatest worst place on the planet. <laughs> yeah, you were right with the second word, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also, why does Jesus have to steal people's clothes I mean, we've seen that he has super magic powers, and he can pretty much do anything. Yeah. Well, actually, all we've really seen him do is raise a flower back from the dead <laughs> <laughs> and freeze people. Uh, but yeah, he steals the guy's clothes, I should say, and uh, and then he steals their truck. Right. And he does what anyone would do in these circumstances. He goes on a little ride around Las Vegas. He goes looking for some daytime whores. That's right. I mean, this this sequence where he's driving around Vegas is very similar to a scene from it's Las Vegas. Straight Blood out Bath. of Las Vegas, bloodbath. I mean, almost like the same buildings and everything. <laughs> like I was just waiting for him to get out and just go stand on a corner with like a map, like looking around. You know, <laughs> it's great though. Like I love. I see. I was actually kind of hoping that this movie would be a little bit more travelogy, like. Uh, you know, like like Las Vegas bloodbath was, but it, it doesn't. It just has this one real this this one scene. Although there is the one scene that takes place at the Welcome to Las Vegas sign. <laughs> That's right. We'll get to that. We'll get to so, that. As he's Daytime driving around, <laughs> as he's driving around, there's all sorts of voiceover from Neil Breen talking about sustainability and respecting right. the planet's natural resources, <laughs> energy, solar, wind, thermal. Yeah. We also get introduced to some characters who uh, work at like an environmental agency uh, focused on sustainability. Right. And these, these characters are just sort of outside talking, like people do outside of their workplace, about how happy they are to be working. <laughs> how, like, they basically introduce it by, by saying... Um, each one of them talks about wind turbine power generation, yeah. and the other one talks about solar energy. <laughs> uh, you know, they what basically I, say the exact same things he said, except from the perspective of themselves. Well, actually, that happens a lot too, where it's like more than one person will say the exact same thing, just slightly different. And sometimes we'll get uh, the being saying the exact same thing two or three times in a row, just slightly different. And in the same kind of words too, just yeah. in case you <laughs> didn't know that it was all written by the same person, right? So he goes in, he goes from talking about the environment and sustainability to then talking about we see three uh, businessmen walking up a flight of stairs and he starts talking about corrupt corporations, criminals on Wall Street, mm. greedy politicians. Now let us not forget that Neil Breen worked in the uh, <laughs> he worked as a real estate agent. Right, right. <laughs> 
mean, I'm not I'm not criticizing real estate agents. I'm sure many of them are very moral people. But it's not you know he's not an everyman necessarily. Right. Um. But but hey, good on him for having uh, obviously some morals and the belief that there's a lot of corruption that Jesus has to come back and stop. Yeah. So we hear we hear them chatting. Sounds a little something like this. <laughs> yes. This is this is how they uh, businessmen really talk, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of businessmen. This is exactly how they talk. Now that we've paid off our fellow elected representatives <laughs> in the legislature, that environmental solar panel development bill will fail next week. Not to mention the cash it'll put in our pockets. Yes! <laughs> I love he's just like, I'm getting pleasure that the environmental solar bill will fail. Not to just, mention the just cash. Holding, he's just holding an envelope just filled with cash. Yeah. That's the cash. That's the kickbacks, Mo. Not to mention the cash it'll put in our pockets. Love it. <laughs> he goes on and on, by the way, about how uh, how the country is known for years that all these sustainable options are better. But hey, it's okay because we're getting money in our pockets. <laughs> so, so now we've got now essentially we have our three main factions, so to speak. We've got yes, we've got the good guys on sustainable energy. That, you know, they deal with that. We've got the corrupt politicians, and we've got the being. So, right. so that's the story right now. That's 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 where this movie is going. So we have all we've been introduced to the most important characters in the film so far. And by the way, sustainable energy it already would have gotten through, uh, but well, let's hear it. let's let's hear why it's not. <laughs> yeah, our, our network of connections, technology, payoffs, and greed will never let it happen. <laughs> That sentence. I'm. Oh, I'm going to play this again. I want to play this yeah. again because remember, remember that this is a guy talking about himself. Right. Right. Yeah. Our, our network of connections, technology, payoffs, and greed will never let it happen. Our network of connections, technology, payoffs, <laughs> and greed will never let that. That is. That might be one of my favorite written lines in a film ever. And that's brilliant. <laughs> he, he follows that up, by the way, by saying, it'll take a power greater than ours to get rid of yeah. us. <laughs> dot, 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 foreshadowing. Well, what he doesn't know is that power is here. Now. Yeah. <laughs> nice. That's um, the name of the movie, Mo. Yeah, I, I got the joke. Thank you. <laughs> so... Just a moment ago, we saw these women talking outside the Environmental Sustainability Office. Uh, we go back to them now. Uh, I guess some time has passed because <laughs> the optimism of before has been replaced with a certain amount of pessimism. <laughs> I a love, woman comes. I love sorry. that. I love that. It's just obvious that Neil Breen had permission to film in front of the building, but not, but not in inside. the building. And he didn't just think to use the building as like you know, an establishing shot and then cut to just some generic fucking office scene somewhere. No, he like, he literally has them conducting business in front of the building. And then people like at the end of the scene, they'll walk back to the building right. or from the building at the beginning of the scene. Right. But that's as much as you ever see. Right, right, right. 
And like, and that's exactly what happens here. And I love this. This like, so we have we have two women talking. They're talking about their clothes, you know. And one of them, <laughs> uh, one of them mentions that she's a twin, which is foreshadowing, and uh, not foreshadowing, but it's setting something up. And then, uh, and then a third woman walks up, and she's like, "Due to the poor economy, <laughs> we're gonna have to lay you guys off." The same woman from earlier, by the same way. Same woman from earlier. I love, I love, yeah, there's too much corruption, you know, in the politician. I, and I love, I love that, like, you can't do that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't just come out and just start firing people yeah, while they're outside right. you during can't the just, lunch break. Like, oh, well, you're on your lunch break. Guess what? You're laid off. I love how she's like, so yeah, due to the poor economy, there's just, you know, there's just too much corruption and greed right. and big business, which there is. Yeah. Right? Well, that is absolutely the truth. But people on Earth don't talk that way. <laughs> so she, like this woman who fires her two employees, she's like upset about it. And she walks back. She's walking <laughs> back to this office and she runs into Jesus Christ. <laughs> 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 Who gives her a rose and some words of encouragement? <laughs> not, not, not those words of encouragement, ah, Mo. I'm sorry, these ones. Don't give up. Don't give up. You can make a difference. <laughs> sure. He's not just talking to this woman, by the way. That's him talking to us. The yes. people, we the people, really. Well, I'm. I'm that's your country. Man. Uh-huh. I'm just talking. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So one of the the people who got laid off from this job, the one who is a twin, mm-hmm. she is actually going to be the main character. Or actually, well, she's one of the the main characters that we're going to focus on throughout the kind of uh, thorough line of the rest of the movie, right? And we see her and her other twin, her sister, walking <laughs> walking down sort of the main street of, of their town, let's say. Here's the thing I don't get about this. Okay. Okay? So, n- obviously, they cast these two women. Why couldn't they just be sisters? Yeah, why do they have to be twins, Why do they right? have to be twins? They, they do don't not look, look like anything each other. alike. Now, Mo is saying that, and, and I'm understanding it, that the fact that there are, of course plenty of fraternal twins who look nothing alike yeah. but then why have them be twins yeah exactly i mean like why would you go out of your way to mention that they're even mention that they're fraternal twins you know i mean they that don't is, they don't they just say oh this is my twin you know but i mean the, for fuck's sake now the, these two characters are cindy and amber cindy right. is blonde and amber has darker hair cindy is the one who got let go from her uh, place of work her sustainability right. place and she is upset because she doesn't know what to do she's been laid off and she has this baby right now let us talk mo <laughs> mo porn let us talk about <laughs> the, the baby, baby. <laughs> <laughs> she is pushing a stroller in this scene you know with there would have been baby in it there would have been a way to block this shot that you wouldn't have had to have seen what was actually in the carriage it would have been very easy to do that, Mo. Right, exactly. It just push the camera just a little bit closer. Listen, no. Egghead, <laughs> you sound like one of those one percenters who they are focused on the details. Look, look. While my regular an- <laughs> Joes like me, we're just trying to make it. My annual income is better than 85% of this country combined. 
<laughs> so uh, let let us explain, by the way, that the baby in the scene is not not a baby. A baby. It is very clearly a plastic doll <laughs> with its mouth open and not moving. <laughs> did you did you grab a uh, screen grab of, of that? I did uh, when I originally saw this movie weeks ago. Yeah, yes, well, no, we'll, I did. we'll throw that. We got to throw that back up there for that. <laughs> we'll push it back up. So that is bizarre in and of itself that they have a fake baby. <laughs> yeah. I like to think that she's just a crazy person who's like, I have to take care of my baby. And you know We've what? That them. that explanation would actually make more sense. Because she abandons her child in like yes. a minute and a half. Yeah. Uh, so, so she she's talking. She's venting to her sister Amber, and Amber makes some suggestions about ways that Cindy can, uh, you know, make a little money on the side. Uh, was that nine? Yeah, there we go. Number nine. Become a stripper, an escort. You'd be great at that. You'd just have to give up your. <laughs> now, A, that's a very bizarre thing to suggest to your sister to do. Right. Uh, and but, but B, not only that, like, it's not just like that she suggests that. She suggests it, like, multiple times. Yeah. I, when she suggests it first, I thought it was a joke. Right. <laughs> Why don't you become a stripper? And also... There is a huge gap between being a stripper and being an escort, and you think you'd at least start with being a stripper before you just jump to being an escort. Right. Uh, Cindy is supposed to have moral fiber, and I'm not saying, of course, that prostitutes or strippers are don't have that, but it is rather strange how quickly she just agrees to do that. Right. Her sister says that she can hook her up with someone. Now, this is so great where she talks about how it's everybody... All the women in business in Las Vegas, they, they all are strippers and escorts on the side. She goes, it's the big secret in Sin City. <laughs> Is that true, Mo? I would assume. But here's the thing, though. it's That shit's illegal. I mean, that shit's legal in, in yeah. Las Vegas. So, so it's why not even looked down about secret? You. Yeah, that's true. Well, I guess, I mean, I guess if you're working in an office during the day, you wouldn't necessarily want everyone to know that you're a prostitute. I, I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I can see how there would be a stigma attached to it right. in some circles. Uh, this scene ends in the greatest way possible. <laughs> with, with a guy, some nerdy dude. It's, it's like after this kind of weird kind of darkness, we get a scene out of like a mid-80s sex comedy where yeah. a nerdy dude on a bike drives by and suddenly just veers off and falls over. Yeah, he just goes, whoa! Because <laughs> the idea is, this is seriously the idea, is that these women are so attractive. One of them is pushing a child in a fucking stroller, but these women are so attractive that he got distracted and falls on the ground. And he doesn't just fall over. He, he stares at them and says... Come on, baby. Let's see them big knockers. <laughs> no, that is not what he says. Uh, he also doesn't make suburban Sasquatch noise. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, <laughs> man, you, really, you like says. fucking read my mind on that one. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that one's going into the fucking bike. callback folder, too. <laughs> he falls over on his bike, and he stares at them and goes... Wow. And then they wow. just kind of like titter to the, 
It's all right. They titter to themselves and just walk off like this shit happens all the time because they are so ridiculously attractive that guys just fall off their bikes. It's true. <laughs> they live in Las Vegas, by the way. <laughs> yeah, because there's no attractive women in Las Vegas. Uh, and apparently they all are business people during the day and strippers slash escorts at night. <laughs> and brawless 100% of the time. So the next scene introduces us to what I would call a shanty town. Yeah, I, I guess. I mean, like I, I did note later on in the film how so much of this movie takes place around this one like destroyed house. Yeah, this is where criminals hang out. And when I say criminals, it's not just like like thugs. But it's where everybody hangs out. It's it's even anyone who's evil at all. All the politicians are there. They're just standing around in the street. <laughs> like it's like it's a Sim City or something. But it's not even just uh, that. It's everybody. Yes. You know, good guys, bad guys, sick people, politicians, everybody hangs out and like the the being spends half the film there. It's just hilarious how like so much of this movie takes place at this one location. And let me describe this location. Please. It is very similar to the sort of street that she was pushing that tr- stroller down a minute ago, except all the buildings on it look like they have been half torn down. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah, it's 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 just a shitty place to be, and this is where the criminals hang out. Which is okay. Yep. <laughs> so this is where, by the way, since these two girls are interested in escorting, <laughs> this is where they show up to do a little audition with for the, these men. With the baby. With, yes, <laughs> right. Yeah, so they show up, and uh, Cindy is a little hesitant, uh, rightfully so, because there's like 30 guys with guns, some of them automatic weapons, right in front of her. <laughs> but the sister, Amber, says says that she would do any two of those guys at the same time. And my question to her is, even Eric? Yeah. Now, Eric, let's explain Eric. Eric. Eric is a German man. Yeah. Who looks a little bit like Paul Verhoeven. He does look a little like Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, that's the first thing I thought when I saw him. And uh, he also looks like a a woman. He does look like a woman, as my mother thought. Uh, Because I changed my profile picture. I should explain this. I changed my profile picture on Facebook to Eric for a couple of days. Um, and my mom comments on that, comes out, who is she? <laughs> <laughs> because he has very long, very luxurious hair. Yeah, and he's got very, like, pink cheeks. Yes, very pink cheeks. That's very good, Mo. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, as you mentioned, yes, Amber, who, uh, I mean, she is, I guess, very comfortable with her sexuality, but also really gross because she wants to fuck all these old, weird people. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and these guys, uh, these mix of thugs and politicians, they react as you would when uh, faced with two reasonably attractive uh, twins. Hell yeah! I'll do her! Damn! Twins! <laughs> I get her first. No! <laughs> 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 well, get used to that noise because you're going to hear that one again. That scream is going to be used, uh, yes, many times throughout the rest of this film. But let's let's just explain what happened there. Yes, there's a weird-looking guy who says, "Yeah, twins, I'll do her." Damn, right. that sort of shit. And then this black guy who is he, simply known as gang leader. 
Yeah, he's the gang leader. Who's also uh, the best actor in the film. He, by like by like 10,000%. Yeah. He is way better than everybody. Right. So he's upset at one guy who hasn't even really... Not even the guy who said that he wants... <laughs> that he li- loves those twins. Just some other random guy. He gets really upset and takes out a gun and shoots him. Yeah. Like in the wrist. Yes. For no reason. None. I feel like if this is how they... they they settle disputes. It must be a very violent place to live. But remember this moment a little later <laughs> when a character talks about how family for them, they consider each other family, and that's the most important thing. Well, that's very, you know, like, juggalo <laughs> sort of family, you know? I mean, look, we're, you know, we're family, but I'm still a hatchet man. <laughs> <laughs> well... The uh, the black guy does take Cindy uh, to get a look at her Ned and Hole. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. So yeah, the yeah. So the gang leader takes Cindy and just walks her away. And I thought it was I thought it was hilarious that he just like the the two sisters just left without the baby. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, these guys look like responsible folks. Right. Yeah. They they'll take care of the baby. That's no big deal. And then we cut to the corrupt politicians talking about getting rid of some other guy and, and just reveling in their corruption, you know. They're having such a good time. Now, there's, there's, a, there's this uh, older black gentleman who is sort of the, the major politician, and then there's these two weasley older white politician guys. I, I, I think one of them's a lawyer. As, yeah, that, oh, you're exactly right. Yeah. I apologize for using their skin color as a descriptor, but <laughs> they, I don't think they're But there's no other way names. to describe them. I mean... You and know. they strongly imply that they have gotten rid of the politicians, the, the big politicians' uh, competition uh, in a particularly violent manner. Here's the best part. I, th- I love this. They, the, <laughs> one of the guys says to, to, to the other guys, as they're telling them about this, you know, about this, I don't want to know anything about it. <laughs> so it's like, if they hadn't told him anything... Like, he wouldn't have known anything about it. And, like, he wouldn't have to worry about, like, having the cops come after him for knowing anything about it. And if he was questioned on anything, like, he wouldn't have to lie because he wouldn't have known. Yes. But now he knows every detail. By by even mentioning it, they are dragging him into it. <laughs> right. Yeah, they're but making But these guys are him, above the law. They're making they're, they're... him an accomplice after the fact. Yeah, that's right. But he doesn't care. No. He doesn't care. He runs the government. He runs the law. <laughs> Corrupt politicians. He runs the judges. law. <laughs> he is the law. I am the law. Uh, so we do get a, a couple of quick uh, moments of this, this uh, I guess, other politician getting taken care of in the desert. Now, Mo, yes. now, Mosev, yes. if you were getting your ear cut off, let's say, uh-huh. what would you say as a reaction? Oh, I would say this. No! Don't cut off my ears! No! <laughs> I think that's exactly what I would say. I like to think that the guy who got shot in that previous scene, that it's the same guy. <laughs> he just had a really bad day. <laughs> yeah, so he screams that, ah, again. Now, now, Doug, now, Doug, let me ask you a question this time. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> if, if, uh, if you were in this same situation and somebody was about to cut off your hand... What what do you think you would say? Oh, I think I would say something like this. No! No! 
don't cut off my hand! No, oh. Mo did not loop that sound. I it didn't. Actually, it's from the movie. It plays three times <laughs> in a row. So, and I should also mention that you, so, so you just heard three clips back to back that all played the same scream sound. Yeah. And this was within a five minute period. All of three of those take place within five minutes of each other. I mean, that is brilliant. This scene ends with, uh, those, uh, skeevy businessmen uh, <laughs> they they say they're going to give a little thank you gift to the politician I don't understand why the politician deserves a thank you gift since he, the, it, it seems like they're doing things for him right, but, right. Uh, but he has a little thank you gift coming his way and what is that thank you gift uh, twins double trouble <laughs> double my pleasure <laughs> so the 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 twin sisters <laughs> Who have apparently gotten very comfortable with the whole escort thing. Yeah, it's funny how, how like, one scene later, they're all of a sudden like, well, we're sluts now, okay, no problem. Yeah, that, imb- you know what? Embrace it. And they're embracing their horitude. <laughs> That's an unpleasant word to use. That is no? a pretty terrible <laughs> term, yeah. <laughs> so they're at, like, this politician uh, is sitting by a pool, mm-hmm. and these women arrive, and... <laughs> they decide to do to act sexy for him. Every and line out of this politician's mouth. Like if we could have grabbed audio clips of every single line in this film, we probably would have. <laughs> but every line out of this politician's mouth in this, you know, cuz like I said before, like you know when they come out he goes, "Oh, double my pleasure," you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And then and I think then, the first thing he says is like, "Welcome to my to our world." Right. <laughs> and uh, and the girls get into the pool and they're like they're Desperately attempting to hop up on these half-inflated rafts, and <laughs> I love, I love that it's gone from like them being manhandled by these thugs to now them like laughing as they try desperately to get on top of inflatable rafts. Right. Yeah. Right. And then, and then we cut back to the politician who goes, "Thank you for the gift. It will be well <laughs> worth it." <laughs> He's talking to nobody. Nobody. Not talking to anybody. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, they, uh, the women who, after sunning themselves for all of 30 seconds, they come out <laughs> of the pool and they take their tops up and throw them at him. Ooh. Very sexy. And then we get a lot of shots of them covering their breasts with their own hands. Yeah. Um, which makes little sense since he just saw them remove their tops right. and throw, but whatever. <laughs> There's lots of hand bra. Not, not going whatever. On. This, this is, this is go- going back to, uh. You know, to to the the Michael Fitzgerald situation where we have black bars and girls holding their boobs, it's unacceptable. <laughs> you know, you know <laughs> you're going to be in this kind of movie. <laughs> you know that that scene's happening. Sh- the show line, the, goods. the line must be drawn here. <laughs> uh, uh, and also, this politician pours a bunch of champagne badly into some glasses and because you never see the bottle uh, I couldn't help but think that he was pissing in those glasses <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and of course as, uh, as as we're being treated to more uh, reused material um, because we see the girls like giggling and, and cutting it's cutting back and forth and showing used materials and over all of this we hear this again 
now that we've paid off our fellow elected representatives in the legislature, <laughs> that environmental solar panel development bill will fail next week. Not to mention Great. the cash it'll put in our pockets. Well, not the cash in our pockets part, but I mean... <laughs> no, but it doesn't. Yeah, it plays that whole audio but again. But it plays that whole audio clip again. You might be wondering at this point, by the way, where is Jesus? <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> well, he's about to arrive in style, but before he does, <laughs> we're introduced to my favorite character in this entire film. Yep. Let's just call him Man in Wheelchair. Well, that's because, because that's what he's called. <laughs> because that's what he's credited as. Yeah. My notes say, and, a beaten-up-looking man gets himself into a wheelchair. So, th- yeah, that's exactly right. So a man who looks like he's been beaten terribly right. pulls himself out of a pile of trash and rubble right. and pulls himself into a wheelchair. That's way too small for him. That's way too small for him, but that it, he apparently can't walk so that he <laughs> needs this wheelchair. Yeah. We never learn why he was beaten or why he was ha- like left apparently uh, half dead in a pile of trash. <laughs> that never, that's not important. We totally learn it. <laughs> so, yes, we will learn it momentarily <laughs> in a way that may or may not make any sense. <laughs> so he gets into his chair and wheels over to the Welcome to Vegas sign. Yeah, he's sign. trying to wheel himself to the Las Vegas sign. And... Uh, because apparently this is something that he really wants to see. Now, there are tons of people looking at this sign because apparently it's a big touristy thing. It it's is. a fucking sign. Yeah. I don't know. No, I don't no, really it's Welcome the... to Fabulous Las Vegas. It's a, it's like a landmark. It is a landmark, I guess. I didn't realize how small it was. I For some reason, I yeah. thought it was bigger. It's tiny. It's just, I mean, it's like, I think the Welcome to Connecticut sign is bigger than it. Well, obviously, that Welcome to Connecticut sign is much better because it's so much larger. Yeah, well, and because it says Connecticut on it. <laughs> so, he wheels over. On the other side, this... it says, thank God you're getting out of Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> so, this guy wheels over, and he looks like he's had the shit beaten out of him. And he's in a fucking wheelchair. And this guy is walking away from the sign. <laughs> and as he's walking away, they uh, they are on a similar path. And somehow he doesn't notice that there's a dude in a wheelchair there, and he knocks his leg against him. They, he runs into him. Right. And while you or I, Mo, if we were to run accidentally into a gentleman in a wheelchair, we would probably say, "Oh, I'm so sorry," because him getting out of the way is a lot more difficult than me getting out of the way. Right. Right. <laughs> this guy pushes over the wheelchair. Yeah, he just knocks the wheelchair right over. <laughs> but guess who doesn't like seeing that shit? Well, the being doesn't. Th- that's right. S- sort of. Jesus yeah, does not enjoy kind of that Jesus at all. Yeah, he touches the man and goes, "That was not nice," and the dude's eyes start to bleed. Because remember when that happened in the Bible? I do. When those cripples, that, yeah. when that guy picked on the cripples, I so be- he I made believe his it eyes was. Uh, I believe it was in Leviathan uh, five fifteen. <laughs> so uh, Jesus wants to help this man uh, live out his dream, which is apparently looking at this his dream sign. is to wheel four feet farther. <laughs> uh, so what happens is that Jesus uses his magic freezing powers to stop all the other tourists from getting all in his way. All four of them. Right, because they might try to push this guy over as well. Right. And he helps the guy go over and look at the sign. I don't feel so good. Cancer chemo is kicking my ass. <laughs> I always wanted to see this before I died. I only, I only have, have month one month to live. <laughs> Can, can I play that again? Yeah, play the whole thing again. I, I love it. I love so every word of this. Cancer chemo is kicking my ass. I always wanted to see this before I died. I only have 
a month to live. The way the the way he delivers that I only have a month to live. <laughs> it that and and get used to that line too because we hear that one several more times during. It's 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 funny like how he manages to like fit these lines back in and like it really in points that like don't make any sense but it's great I love it. The way he delivers cancer chemo is kicking my cancer ass. Like, chemo like it's a person's my... name, right? Yeah. <laughs> like like he's been beaten up by an MMA right. fighter named <laughs> Cancer Chemo because that's the only explanation that we have about why he's been left for dead basically in a pile of trash. Right. is because of all that chemo. Yeah, but meanwhile he's got a full head of hair. He's doing okay. He's doing fine. He's still wheeling himself around. Yeah, he can still wheel himself around. He still has hair, so chemo can't be kicking his ass that that bad. Now, Jesus could have done something about all of this (laughs) mess, but uh, he decides just to let the guy go off for now. Yeah. (laughs) Um, So we go back to the shantytown where all the criminals are uh, are ganging together. We get to see a lot more of Eric in the scene, which is very nice. There's a great moment here where the where the gang members are passing a gun like uh, <laughs> an automatic weapon back and forth to each other and one of them pulls the clip out and and I swear it, this thing has to be like a water pistol and he, and <laughs> he puts the clip back in and you hear like a racking noise. You know what I'm talking about? Like when he pulls oh, the yes. pin back, you know? Uh-huh. But nobody ever did that. He just put the clip back in. So, like, it doesn't just automatically rack a bullet, you know? It looks so silly because it, kind of, it kind of wobbles its way in and it makes this, <laughs> this classic action movie noise. <laughs> so, Eric, by the way, the wacky-looking German guy, he's trying to help these drug dealers uh, go national. I he can says, get I- through anything in the whole world. Anything your customers want. That's my German accent. Right, pretty yeah. spot on, actually. It's pretty uh, mwah, perfect. Yeah, mwah, very good. Oh, let's let's do that a little bit longer. Mwah, <laughs> I was doing one of those things where you put your fingers to your lips and you go, mwah, you know, like, no, I figured. Mm, yeah. let's, let's, all right. All right uh, so the politicians, by the way, are in the shantytown, and they <laughs> they continue to voice their love for uh, for greed. <laughs> let's hear this. This is amazing. Oh, God. Any way we can. <laughs> We're in it for ourselves. For the payoffs. God. You know... <laughs> that straw man thing I said earlier? Yeah. I, do, do you remember in the early days of my of Drunk on VHS, I had a co-host. <clears throat> I know Michael Fitzgerald will know because he's been systematically listening to every episode I ever put out. But, um, but it, it's... Uh, it, his name was Tarbosh, and he wrote, he would write these ridiculous little action films, and every line that he would write for the bad guys would sound just like that. And it's just We're like... In and, it for and ourselves. Every, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like every time, every time something like this, like one of these guys says a line, it just reminds me so much of his writing, and it's just so fucking hilarious. I love but it. She- you can see, like, sitting with friends and being, like, really frustrated right. at the state of the world and saying things like, oh, God, you know, these, these businessmen, they're just in it for themselves. They just love those payoffs. It's just for the payoffs. And, and he, he decided he was going to have those people say these things about themselves, right. which is beautiful. Anyway, we can. <laughs> We're in it for ourselves. For the payoffs. Uh, we- Cindy, by the way, is back to hating her life as an escort. Yes. Uh, I guess she just hates... She went from nice girl to dirty crack whore in, in literally a scene and a half. 
Mm-hmm. So she looks really resistant to the gang leader's uh, charms. He, he's called away suddenly to something. Uh, and she looks kind of relieved at the fact that I guess she doesn't have to make out with this dude. She'd rather make out with some old politician guy. <laughs> but I love, but I love how at, how it's at this point where she finally regrets leaving her child. Yeah, she was my baby. My baby. I love my baby. <laughs> Maybe she should have looked for another job. Now I know, I, I know that almost sounds like what a what a, one of these businessmen would say. I'm not saying that it's easy to get a job. I'm saying that she at least should have looked. Yeah, she should. Because she had like experience. At environmental sustainable energy uh, workplace of some sort, right. you think that could look? You think she could at least temp somewhere or something? Nope. I'm just saying. But the uh, but anyway, her sister is loving it. Amber is having a great time. Yeah. Once you're high, you won't remember a thing. Just the money you're making. All right. <laughs> think of that line. Uh, and and my wife watched this film with me, and she she mentioned, and she's right. That woman's voice sounds a lot like Gillian Jacobs from Community. <laughs> and let's play that again, thinking that. Once you're high, you won't remember a thing. Just the money you're making. Wow. Yeah. That's really funny. <laughs> so. So I guess you know now her sister's a drug addict. They're escorts. Shit is not going well for him. Uh, meanwhile, remember our friend in the wheelchair? Yes. Worlds collide. Man in wheelchair <laughs> meets uh, some of these criminals. But uh, <laughs> I guess Jesus is keeping an eye on this one person in the entire world. Right. He's the one <laughs> redeemable man. Well, I mean, cancer chemo is kicking his ass. That's true. Cancer chemo is kicking his ass. So this guy's trying to... Uh, wheel across the street and these gangbangers are driving by and I like to think uh, I like to think that it's uh Uno Dos and uh what's the other guy's name from Hip Hop Locos you know driving by in their car Yeah, Holmes? Yeah. Yeah. Kill him, Shoot SA. that motherfucker Holmes. <laughs> Strangle him, SA. Come on, SA. Come on, Holmes. Uh, Jesus drives by in his vehicle. <laughs> <laughs> and these uh, two criminals point <clears throat> guns at him which Boy, he does not like that at all. In fact, just like before, he says, "This isn't the way I planned your species. <laughs> you two are worthless. You two are and worthless." Then he, then he does his patented "make them bleed from the eyes" move. Yeah, he freezes them and ble- makes them bleed from the eyes. <laughs> I wish I had like a Jesus protector when I was just kind of wandering around. Mm. But that's just the way it is. So, by the some way, some things will never change. <laughs> some things will never change. That's exactly right. <laughs> So the next thing that happens in this movie, Mo, is confused me to such a great extent that I didn't really understand what was going on until the second time I watched it. Okay. We go to what is, I suppose, the same environmental place from earlier. Right. And we see... Now, please correct me if I'm wrong on this. You're not wrong. Amber, the sister, the twin sister, she's there. Yeah. She works at the same place. Yep. She has a job. She has a job. She has a job. Like, uh, remember, this is the big secret in this in Sin City, to to work at an environmental organization during the day. And she's like that movie Angel, and it's like, and at <laughs> night, at night she's a drug addicted prostitute. Right. But not during, not at night actually, because it was obviously during, it was during the day. The when day. We see her. So on lunch hour, <laughs> she is a dirty crack whore. She doesn't just work in the same field as her sister. She works at the same place. Same I guess she would. She would kind of expect that maybe her job. Might be in jeopardy. 
<laughs> so, so she gets laid off as well, and she gets laid off at the same time as this old older dude. Right. And he is my second favorite character in the movie because he gets to deliver. She's told, <laughs> they're both told that this is just a temporary delay, and this is his reaction to it. I'm sure this is only a temporary delay. This is not a temporary delay. It's for <laughs> politics and corporate greed. They've been trying to develop sustainable and solar systems for 30 years now. Nothing has happened. He almost sounds like... He, he's so close to Droopy Dog. He's so close. <laughs> he really yeah. is. This, this is, is not it, a temporary This delay. is not a temporary delay. <laughs> this is more politics and corporate greed. That guy is awesome. And we never see him again. Nope, that's the one line he's got. He didn't have the option to become a prostitute, so I guess he just crawled off into a gutter and died, yep. or maybe Jesus found him helpful. And I love how we're now almost an hour into the film, and we're being introduced to new characters. <laughs> this guy, by the way, that's not the end of his lines. He continues to kind of just... I mean, he's venting. He's yeah. probably really upset, yeah, yeah. and rightfully so. But he talk, he starts talking about how uh, that the government's lying to him, and that they're <laughs> lying about the, the fact that they're trying to find a cure for cancer and other diseases. I mean, he's 9-11 was he, an inside job. That's right. He's one step away from being a 9-11 truther. <laughs> <laughs> and the woman who fired him, she goes, we're all so sorry. And he goes, you sure are. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, Amber, uh, then we see, I mean, who knows how much time is passing between these scenes, by the way. Right. You you talked about introducing a character. We actually get introduced to a fairly major character at this point, and that's Amber's boyfriend. Aaron. Aaron. Aaron and Amber are sitting in the park, and uh, she's a little upset because... (laughs) She's an environmental activist, and it's getting her nowhere. <laughs> I love, I love that they're sitting on a park bench smoking pot, complaining yeah. about not having jobs. I know a lot of people who do that. <laughs> right, <laughs> sitting on a park bench, <laughs> and I love, I, I love that she loves the idea so much of being a hooker or a stripper, and like not telling anyone that, like that's like her go-to thing. Not like. <laughs> See if I, I mean, it's the same thing with her sister. Not see if she can find another job. No, no, just immediately she's already in her head thinking, I'm going to be a hooker or a stripper. It's, the, it, it, we get a little internal monologue from yeah. both of them in this case. Yes. Uh, where we find out that, that they're, they say that we're going to keep working on it. We're going to find a job. She secretly is going to be a part-time hooker or stripper. And he thinks he's going to become a car thief and not tell her the truth. <laughs> I was hoping that this was, this would end up in like a gift of the Magi type thing where they, <laughs> where they somehow cross paths <laughs> and somehow they have some sort of ironic thing where <laughs> at the end, uh, well, actually they do come together in a rather. <laughs> way. Yeah, I guess they do. <laughs> at this point, so, uh, at this point in my notes, I say this movie is fucking weird. Yeah, it's a weird movie. It is a weird and, fucking movie, and it just gets weirder too. That's the best yeah. This about to, the weirdness is about to kick into high gear really because is. as they leave the park, they see Jesus <laughs> sitting on a bench, which is weird. Yep. Uh, and she recognizes him. She says something like, "I think I know him." That face, <laughs> even though she hasn't really met him at this right, point, so right. <laughs> she maybe maybe she, she saw him on a calendar or something because he's Jesus. Yeah. Maybe she's having flashbacks to that scene that hasn't happened yet. Yeah, like, maybe. Like we did That's... earlier in the film. And in fact, we see it right now, once exactly. again. Uh, now, this, I'm going to, by the way, introduce my theory of, uh, about what's going on here. Mo, why does Jesus have a monster face? 
Oh. <laughs> I'm not talking about Neil Breen's face, by the way. I mean his crazy. <laughs> waka waka. <laughs> I mean his crazy monster face. Uh, I I don't know, man. I just assume that's because it's Jesus, and you know he was resurrected. So I mean, obviously he's a zombie. <sighs> I don't know. So the fact that his face is occasionally a zombie face would lead you to believe that. <laughs> That's just what happens. Yeah, I think I think that no, no, I think that be, that he was that he was resurrected, you know, on the third day and rose to be at his father's side, <laughs> as the story goes. Um, no, no, I think I think he I think he was resurrected, and that he's using some kind of magic to appear to have a quote unquote normal face, and that this is his real face. Wrong. Oh God. Oh, and I'm not even being kind of funny right now. I think you are wrong. Okay. I think the reason that we see his monster face is because it's not a monster face. It's an alien face ah, because Jesus is an alien. Interesting. Because we see him arrive at the beginning, and he even talks about how he's created many, many planets, and this is the only one that's been a, a trouble. We see him arrive from the sky with the two moons and stuff. Jesus is an alien. Whoa. Alien. And that's his alien face that we see. Okay. That works. I think that probably is what's going on. It also is what happens in... Uh, it, it is the kind of thing that if you were stoned and you were trying to come up with <laughs> with a way to have religion in your life without really embracing the spiritual aspects of it, you could be like, Jesus was an alien. <laughs> Whoa! Whoa! Or if you're uh, on like so, the History Channel, you know, aliens. So Alien Jesus is now seen uh, in in a part of the film that doesn't it's not connected to what we just have seen or will see uh coming up and next. it doesn't connect to any other part of the film i think i really think neil breen just tossed it in there because he wanted to get close to that chick i don't know so he's on top of a naked woman yeah we're not seeing anything it's just headshots no. here at this point yeah mo mo will will tell you if we see anything i will <laughs> but he doesn't like, he's not kissing her he's just like he looks they're like, like eskimo kissing her. you know like they're like rubbing yeah. noses and shit it's really weird and his face turns into his alien face every once in a while. Right. And she doesn't see him bugged by it. Uh, and then we also see him back away shirtless, just like we saw earlier in the movie. Right. Now, I don't... It's not made clear what this is, because these characters don't apparently fuck at any point. <laughs> Do you think he's attracted to her because she has angel wings tattooed on her back? She does have angel wings tattooed on her back, that is correct. Maybe that is supposed to be more symbolic than you think. Uh <laughs> I actually interpret the scene as him impregnating her with the next Jesus or creature from space. With the next android alien. Oh, yeah, Messiah. he's an android. Dude. That's another thing that doesn't fit into my alien theory. It, <laughs> <laughs> that he has a fucking motherboard on his okay, chest. It's okay, because it's never mentioned again. It's, yeah, and we never see it. Like, he doesn't yeah. get his arm ripped off no. and him, like, like, and spark shooting out and be like, oh, this isn't part of my plan. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean for this to happen. So after this fuck session. <laughs> Whatever it is, yeah. We see Cindy once again pushing her baby cart. I guess maybe she's left her uh, life of uh, daytime whoring, daytime whoring uh, behind. And hey, wheelchair guy is there as well. Mm-hmm. And after she ends up accidentally dropping her baby quotation marks toy on the ground, <laughs> he picks it up. And by the way, we get the voiceover once again of him saying, "Cancer, chemo, <laughs> kicking my ass." <laughs> Jesus sees this good deed. Of him picking up the toy and giving it to her instead of, I guess, taking it and selling it. <laughs> and he uses his Jesus magic to make the guy young. 
Wait, hold, hold on. So we hear we hear this again. I don't feel so good. <laughs> Cancer chemo kicking my ass. I always wanted to see this before I died. I only have a month to live. <laughs> a lot can happen in a month, buddy, because uh, Jesus uh, not only makes him young again, but he also, I guess, uh, gives him the ability to walk right. once again. Right. And uh, because he's now young and can walk, Cindy turns to him and I guess realizes that he's something special and they walk away together. Jesus. Yes, this is the Jesus dating service. <laughs> he also makes his wheelchair disappear, which again, this is Vegas. Do you know what it's we called? You know what the Jesus disappear. dating service is called? It's called Sweet Jesus. <laughs> yeah, he makes the wheelchair disappear just by waving his hand. How about Plenty of Jesus Fish? Nah. That's pretty good. Yeah. I, I'm pretty I, I Damn, that is that. actually pretty good. <laughs> Shit. So, so those guys are a couple now. I mean, I guess, you know... That guy, that guy in the wheelchair could have been married already. <laughs> we don't really know. Whatever. He could have a whole family. Right. But uh, I guess not if he's getting beaten and left for dead in piles of trash. Hey, Doug. Yeah? What kind of uh, car does Jesus drive? What? A Chrysler. Chirp. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, so remember that boyfriend, Aaron? I do. Because we met. Well, him remember when he said that he was ago. gonna, he was gonna steal cars. But he doesn't. He just starts stealing yeah. shit out of people's cars. He just goes into parking lots and starts stealing stuff from people's cars. Right. So he, I guess, he, that makes him a big time criminal in the context <laughs> of these groups of people with automatic weapons hanging around all day. He goes to the shanty town. Yeah, because he wants to join the gang. He wants to join the gang. Yeah. They are hesitant to accept him. No, they're pissed off at him because he's been stealing shit off their turf. Yeah, he's been stealing shit. I mean, all he's doing is stealing stuff out of people's cars. But he's bringing unwanted attention. Right. And this, by the way, (laughs) they're talking about how he needs to show them respect. And this is Aaron's response. Fuck you. Fuck respect. It's about business. No, it's family. It's family. No, it's family. It's family, Shane. Uh, that's why I shot that guy in the arm earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, the guy, who's, the guy who says no, it's family, is the guy who said twins. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. a little bit earlier. <laughs> uh, so they, because of the unwanted attention, instead of accepting this young man into their gang, hey. they instead slit his throat. throat. We eliminated our problem. <laughs> they put a bag over him. <laughs> uh, and... Uh, then, as in the classic O. Henry fashion, we get a twist ending to the to, to the story of uh, Amber and Aaron, right. uh, who, by the way, would have those are two very early in the alphabet names. Mm. Um, Amber arrives and sees that there's a corpse on the ground, <laughs> <laughs> and she's with the gang leader, and uh, and he asks about about what happened, and uh, and she sees the corpse of Aaron. What? This damn piece of garbage! (laughs) 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 Oh god! He was so young! He was so young! I like that 
that's what her reaction is. He was so young. <laughs> not, oh my God, he was my boyfriend. Yeah, not, oh my God, I loved him. No, no. He her was... screams in this are hilarious too, not only because they're all basically the same scream right. because they even show the same shot, but that she seems to be laughing while she's <laughs> screaming. And then, she, and then she does what anybody who just saw a body would do and she throws up. Oh yeah, she throws up all over the place. Like two or three that... times, it's great. He, he's the gang leaders <laughs> when she screams he goes what this piece of garbage and he shoots the corpse <laughs> <laughs> yeah when, uh, when she's n- throwing n- when she's throwing up that's when I grabbed that screenshot of the gang leader's face <laughs> that's the best reaction shot in the film <laughs> I think he's reasonably confused about what's yeah exactly because <laughs> he doesn't know that they know each other <laughs> what this piece of garbage boom so this now there's a really awkward transition to another scene. <laughs> Those where that, that don't same play gang leader, by our rules lose. Lose. <laughs> and uh, that gang leader, he it's suddenly it's like it's a whole different day or or part of the day. And <laughs> that same gang leader comes out and talks about how there's a rat amongst. Well, their I, gang. before we get to that though, I love that the gang leader keeps shooting Aaron's corpse. Yeah, he just starts like shooting he shoots it like she's vomiting five more times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Amber's <laughs> vomiting, and he's just shooting a corpse. It's fucking brilliant. That is brilliant filmmaking right there. So there's a rat in this gang, right? An undercover cop, he right? A rat Which is the thing. the rattiest rat right. that you could possibly have. Now, what could an undercover cop be trying to? Investigate. I mean, he's seen open criminal activity. Right. And now, the funny thing is, the guy who gets accused of being the undercover cop has participated in a lot of this violent <laughs> stuff that we've seen so far, including that murder that we just saw right, moments right, ago. Right, right, exactly. So they accuse this guy of being an undercover cop and they tie him up and start punching him <laughs> in a way that it. Think back to Kindergarten Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> This uh, this beatdown, it was so hilarious that I made an animated GIF of it and I put it up on the, the Facebook site. It is just them throwing their fists vaguely around his face, but just kind of keeping on throwing their fists right. again and again and again while the sound effects go on. And it is fucking hilarious. It's really funny. <laughs> and these politicians, by the way, are watching all of this happen, so there's no plausible deniability because the guy's blood is squirting all over them. <laughs> so so Jesus comes and well Jesus takes the wheel and he, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's good and he freezes all that shit he just he, I guess I don't know why he hasn't been in this t- part of the town up to this point but he freezes them uh, and he uh, he unties the undercover cop and he tells him to go why doesn't he stop time before they fucking slit Aaron's throat yeah, or even before they start beating the shit out of this guy. Right, exactly, because we know that the being is there. He, they, There's a shot of him looking on. Things are about to get really weird in this movie. We're, we're, we're at the kind of the, the home stretch. Yeah, we're at the and, end now. And at this point, they've already run out of story. <laughs> there is nothing more to tell. There really isn't. No. So, so he freezes this scene. He lets the undercover cop go, and then he grabs Amber... Who he has no prior relationship with at all, right, remember? Right. He, he, he shouldn't really even know that it's Cindy's sister. Yeah. Uh, and that's, it suddenly goes from that scene to the desert. <laughs> where all the men, like all the major players in the criminals, they have now all been crucified. Yeah. <laughs> they're up on crosses while they're standing on the ground with their arms tied. The gang leader is somehow now in a suit. Yes. And crucified. 
because he's he's representative both of criminals and the one percent. He's at this at this point at this point in my notes I wrote this movie is idiotically brilliant. (laughs) Jesus, as we see these people uh, who are now attached to Christ. By the way. Jesus knows how bad it is to be crucified. Right. <laughs> if anybody would know. So you think that he would still be a little hesitant to punish people that way. Right. I thought he was sort of against it. You'd think. <laughs> so there's a voiceover. He talks about, I have eliminated the greedy politicians. I have eliminated those who believe in violence towards all mankind. Yeah, in this one neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In this He's done one, a little cleanup on aisle five. Yeah, in but, this one uh, segment of Las Vegas. So, you know, because I'm sure, I mean, he stopped he stopped all that corruption in Las Vegas by crucifying five people. Right. <laughs> uh, so, by the way, while he's saying this, we get, like, uh, clips of stock market tickers <laughs> and money being pushed forward on a table. Ridiculous. <laughs> uh, so. Hold on. Why doesn't this species understand? <laughs> I've given them so much. Respect yourselves, love nature, live in peace. Have I failed them? <laughs> so yeah, I so guess. Yeah, I guess so. You, yeah, you vanished for two thousand years, buddy. Weirdo. <laughs> so, so uh, by so the way, much the, uh, for Mr. Reliability, huh? <laughs> <laughs> So I guess Amber has followed Jesus into the desert. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah, oh, she's like in love with Jesus now. Yeah, she's in love with him, and he may have had sex with her, mm. unless that was a fantasy scene. And if it was, why? <laughs> 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 and they do this great thing where she's like running after him, and she's like, help me, save me. <laughs> and they do this thing where she reaches out to him, and his hands are just like just out of reach, and their fingertips are touching. Brilliant. And it is hilariously lame. I love it. <laughs> He also tells her that she's free to learn to love herself and other humans. But that doesn't help her with her finances, so I guess back to the escorting. <laughs> but I love that uh, I love that the being like tosses away the earthly clothing that he'd stolen before and he puts his robes back on. That's you know? right. And he unfreezes right. uh The he, drug dealers from the beginning. Yeah, he unfree- unfreezes the druggies from the beginning and they run off. And they don't just run off. He he kind of uh, chastises them. Yeah. He, he tells them to contribute. <laughs> right, right. Contribute. Provide for your fellow man in the planet. Yeah, that's what they're going to do with that big thing of drugs that they have. <laughs> <laughs> so, remember all that shit at the beginning of the movie? Yeah, we see it all again. We're going to see all of it again. We're going to see the wilted rose growing as if Jesus was E.T. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, we're, we, yeah, we're seriously going to fucking see all of that shit again, uh, and and yeah, and it, it, the exact same, like, and the exact same shots. Yeah, uh, w- with the camera like panning up slowly, uh, we get to see the baby heads again. We get to see the glass ball. Yeah, um, dolphins, wind farms, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and and again, like I said, Amber does show up and and says, "Wait for me." Um, and he just, you know, he sees her, I guess, as... Oh, then we find ourselves back in the hotel room again, right? Yeah, it does show that hotel room stuff again with him being an alien. Jesus. (laughs) So I think the idea is that Jesus, just a moment ago in that voice clip that you played, he's like, you know, have I failed them? But he sees Amber 
by the way, who convinced her sister to become a prostitute <laughs> and is a apparently a drug addict because right. she does she says and super enjoyed uh, she would have sex with any two of those guys. Right, exactly. And she's like, if you get once you get high, you don't remember any of this shit. She is a sign of how humanity has potential because she's an environmentalist. It's true. It's true. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, that sequence where they they show Neil Breen backing out of the room uh, after having fucked her, I guess, uh, and it cuts to him having the alien head. Yeah. What's great about it is that the alien head isn't attached to a body. It's just a head. We should mention that, by the way. <laughs> so it's looking back and forth like he does, but it's obviously being held up by like the hair like on the top of its head and being puppeted back and forth, which is awesome. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, and so, so Jesus has made a decision. He's, well, let's hear his decision, actually. I will give them one more chance. Yay! If they fail... I will destroy this planet. Boom! <laughs> and this experiment. But then you'll lose all your hard data. <laughs> and then he hooks a USB cable into himself. <laughs> it, the, I love the... Uh, by the way, I don't remember that part in the Bible where Jesus said, everyone, you know, t- treat others like you would like to be treated, but if you don't, I'll destroy this planet. <laughs> I think it's somewhere around... Uh, Job. Yeah. <laughs> Corinthians. Corinthians. Um, <laughs> Lamentations. So, so he picks up the glass ball and he talks about how man has responsibility but not the power because Jesus has the power. Right. He's going to come back soon and if they have not changed, he's going to turn this planet into dust. Right. So basically he's just repeating again what he just said, yeah. just different. Mm, absolutely. And uh, then we see... Uh, the comet from the beginning. Now he flies off with Amber, right? Does no, no. I think he leaves her behind. Oh, see, I I got it. I had it in my I, like, when I was watching it. I had it that they flew off together because it certainly seemed that way. Oh, whatever. Well, they had those fit that they had that close up of their fingertips, which never touch, ah, and then it cuts to true. the sex scene. So I guess I mean that's why I thought that maybe he impregnated her with his uh, Jesus seed. I don't know. All I know is that from from this point on, he flies off. And then we've got exactly the same thing we got at the opening with the clouds and I mean it's, it's just seven a, minutes of it. Oh, gee, yeah, seven minutes in heaven. <laughs> there's, there's just, <laughs> there, there is seven minutes of stock footage which ends this movie, yeah, uh, and then leads into the credits, credits, which is like another five or ten minutes. Yeah, this is this is a, a heavily padded film. <laughs> I I watched I watched the closing credits on triple speed, and still took me like four minutes. <laughs> it was. It's so long. It's uh, it is so long. It really is. That's what Jesus said. <laughs> 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 uh, the the closing credits do not give us much of interest, except. I don't know if you noticed this, Mo. Probably not. Uh, he uh, he quotes the Tuscacora Indians. Oh yeah yeah. He uses he puts the quote on, as text in the closing credits. The same line he said earlier. Man has responsibility, not power. Take care of the earth. I don't fuckers. feel so good. Cancer chemo <laughs> kicking my ass. Or that'll happen to you. I always wanted to see this before I died. I only have a month to live. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe Jesus should make good things happen to those people who are like having a really hard time. Right. And then they wouldn't be more so likely to go and do awful things. Yeah, probably. 
Ah, help me, Jesus. But that's the end. That's the end of I Am Here. Now. now. Directed by Neil Breen from 2009. Wow. That was my reaction to it. This is a. <laughs> I actually really game. loved it. I, I, I have to admit, with all the craziness. Uh, it's so entertaining yeah. because it is fucking insane. Yeah, with all, all the bonkers nonsense, all of the insanity, all of the repeat footage, like all of the really, really terrible acting. I mean, regardless of all of that, this is still a super, super enjoyable movie that I really think that. I mean, like, let's put it this way I think anybody who's gone out and watched any of the movies that we've recommended and liked them should watch this. I, oh yeah, they'll love it because yeah. this is this is all of the if again, if you had the patience especially for some of those movies, right. this one is really going to get to you because when this movie when stuff is happening, it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And when it's, it's not happening, it's also kind of hilarious because of how obviously not happening things are. <laughs> yeah, it's it's tediously hilarious, but it is pre- it's I mean it's great the whole way through. It's it's a, it's one of those rare films where we where we watch it and just like when I'm done I'm like I could watch this again you know and and probably at some point I will I mean I might subject uh I, I might subject other people to this it is exactly the kind of movie you want to show to other people right. too because of of just uh because there are those lines those are there are those moments the those repeated screams and and uh and yelling and vomit that you just want people to be able to experience with you and laugh along with it. Right. Now, that said, this is a movie made by someone who, again, obviously has something to say, but is saying it in a very hackneyed and, uh, let's say, like like high school level of communication, right? Right, right. <laughs> where, where you would be talking with your got buddies in high school. It's like, we just need to get those, those money-grubbing, greed-is-good fat cats out of the way to make room for sustainable energy and uh, let's get these diseases cured uh, so the big pharmaceuticals don't keep us all down. And, I mean, that sort of thing... Any way we can. (laughs) We're in it for ourselves. For the payoffs. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's, like, that is what he is railing against and he just puts those words in people's mouths. Right, exactly. I mean, it has the subtlety of a sledgehammer and that's what I fucking love about it. Uh, and it, 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 like we said at the beginning of the movie, his intentions are very admirable. Yeah. And the fact that because his intentions are admirable, it makes—I mean—it's way more amusing to watch this than saying watch uh, like a, a Christian propaganda film, right? There's yeah. one that just came out with Kevin Sorbo uh, about a—I think he plays a college professor teaching evolution who's shown the error of his ways nice. and shit like that. This this movie has a much more kind of pure intent, yeah. which is just that we should stop being assholes. We should take care of the earth. We should stop being so obsessed with money. You know, really good things and really things that really do kind of reflect traditional Christian values. Right. Uh, and but it's also so hilarious because the characters are going through trials that don't happen to real people. <laughs> right. I mean, people lose their jobs, even people who work in sustainable energy, and people do work as escorts and strippers, but the way that they, they certainly, <laughs> it, it doesn't all happen in one day, usually, <laughs> or yeah, it generally over a period of a couple of weeks. over the course of a couple of hours, yeah. <laughs> um, but, I, by the way, the, the guy in the wheelchair who gets turned young again, that's like, that would be a tough thing to explain to people. <laughs> Remember when cancer chemo was kicking my ass? <laughs> I don't feel so good. 
cancer chemo is kicking my ass. I always wanted to see this before I died. Oh no, I it's cancer chemo! A monster list. <laughs> His mighty well, fists. <laughs> well, he's he's actually uh, he actually has a rematch <laughs> scheduled with cancer chemo. Uh, this time it's <laughs> that'll personal. That'll be taking place. <laughs> yeah, this time it's personal. That'll be taking place in uh, in the Luxor Hotel <laughs> in sunny Las Vegas. <laughs> Odds are good for man in wheelchair. <laughs> yeah, man in wheelchair is definitely, uh, you know, he, he took a beating last time, but he's been training with Jesus since then. And I think, I think he could take cancer chemo this time. I'm pulling for him. For I'm, sure. I'm now, pulling for him. I have yet to see Neil Breen's latest film, Fateful Findings, but it's, it's a, a semi phenomenon right now and it's getting theatrical screenings. I'm really hoping that it gets States. some kind of screening locally so yeah. I can see it in theaters. It, it it for those who have uh, not seen the trailer for it, you should definitely seek that out because it is amazing. Right? There's 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 lots. By the way, some of the dialogue from this movie it's pretty much said verbatim once again in it, but this time with him standing at a pulpit in front of green a green screen, <laughs> which has all. I mean, it looks it looks crazy and awesome all at the same time. I should mention, by the way. That when I first heard of Fateful Findings and I saw the trailer for the first time, I wrote an email to Neil Breen and asked if I could do an interview with him. And he replied to me and said that uh, in, in a very unique way, said that he, he wasn't interested in doing that, but if I knew any uh, distribution companies for low-budget movies. So I, I sent him some information. <laughs> so I like to feel like I've had played my little part. <laughs> that's, that's really funny, though, that he's just like... Nah, I'm not interested in being being interviewed. But <laughs> I've read I've read a couple of articles about him, and apparently this is like a like he he often turns down interviews. Yeah. Because he I think he thinks of them as a means to an end in terms of getting his films distributed, and once they are, then he doesn't feel the need to ever do interviews. Right. Also, there'd probably be a lot of questions that are hard to answer. <laughs> but I, I have a sneaking suspicion he has answers for every single one of them. Maybe. I mean, I love that he's still making these movies and that he obviously takes them very seriously. And, and this movie is often compared to The Room. And there are similarities in terms of, of someone with uh, a... Someone who, who is trying to make a dramatic film and failing and right. the, the humor coming out of that failure. But Neil Breen and Tommy Wiseau could not be further apart. Uh, oh, because yeah, without a doubt. And like, like, again, and I think it comes down to the idea of intention uh, and... and the fact is that Neil Breen obviously has some talent or has the ability to bring some talent together. Uh, if he had better actors and a better writer, <laughs> yeah. uh, and and maybe subject matter that wasn't quite so hackneyed, then maybe it, it, he could do something that. Well, what, what? Why am I giving him advice? He's obviously been very successful with Fateful Findings, so this is working for him. Right. What I should say is, keep doing exactly what you're doing. <laughs> Don't turn into that Birdemic guy and become totally self-aware. Do what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, what was his name? James uh, Naguyan. Right? Yeah. No, I, I you see, I, I never saw Birdemic 2 just because, like, I, I remember when he started doing the interview circuit for the first Birdemic film, and he was like, when he first started talking about it, he was like, no, no, I was, I meant to be making a, a good film, you know, and, and, and that gave me more respect for the guy. I'm like, oh, well, okay, well, he was trying his best. He was trying to make a good film. You know, which made me like Birdemic even more, even though, sure. you know, it's, I mean, it's a colossal pile of shit, but I mean, um, 
But then he switched it up on himself and he's like, no, 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 I wasn't, you know, I was trying to make a funny movie. I was trying to make something silly and cult, you know, and it's, and that's, I just, he lost me on that one. I mean, trying your best and failing is admirable and can be very amusing. Right. But, but intentionally trying to create something bad. I mean, we all know this. It's, it, it doesn't do anything right. for me. And also the reason that Birdemicus is so amusing is because of the lack of self-awareness. Right. The idea that, that, you know, someone is trying really hard, doesn't have the resources. I mean, this is something we encounter all the time. Yeah. People, you know, just doing the best with what they have, and sometimes it comes out in a really ridiculous fashion, but so what? So what? Next time, go and try and do something better. Exactly. Learn the lessons yeah, the instead of trying try, to turn he, it in on itself. Yeah, then the problem is with, with part two is he tried to, you know, catch lightning in a bottle again. And it just it just doesn't work. It just I mean, and I like I didn't see two, and I'm not probably not going to, because you know he he became self aware and realized what was happening, and I just, just I'm not interested in that. I am concerned that 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 is going to happen to Neil Breen because uh, because of the screenings at the Alma Draft House and Cinefamily, and they're bringing him out to do talks and stuff like that, and people yeah, we'll are obviously see. laughing their heads off. I mean, I I don't know. I think that it takes a certain kind of personality. To make a film like I am here, dot 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 now, uh, and hopefully that's the kind of personality that is so self, not self-aware but kind of self-confident right. in their message that uh, that that maybe something like the success, the financial success of something like Fateful Findings might give him the confidence to do something bigger and more uh, blatantly message heavy which would be so amazing right exactly i i would love to see that yeah would love to well and also by the way if you mention neil breen on on uh twitter three times he will appear a la beetlejuice <laughs> 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 he, he will reply to your tweets <laughs> he seems actually he seems like a pretty uh which, which is funny because nice you only need to mention frank stallone once <laughs> hey hey my brother here well, I um, made the mistake one time of, of mentioning that I thought that uh, Patrick Swayze's brother, Don, was the best of the sibling actors. And Mr. Frank Stallone tweeted me and said, and said, uh, sorry, I don't, I, you know, I like Don, but I didn't see him winning uh, or being nominated for best supporting actor for, you know, and I'm like, oh, hey. damn it. Hey, I like Don. Uh, but yeah, Don's he, a good was, guy, but, you know. Hey, was, was he oh, in oh, Black oh, Dog? Oh. He wasn't in Black Dog, so I'm just telling you. <laughs> And I'm telling you, as the guy who did the soundtrack for Staying Alive. <laughs> That's a great soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, once again, the lesson learned, Germans love, Eric loves, Frank Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> That's all there is to be said about uh, I Am Here Now. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, we may at some point in the future return to another Neil Breen film. Oh yeah, uh, Mo, I am just realizing at this second that we have not prepared a film for next time. Oh shit! No, we didn't. Well, that's Mo, okay. You... That, oh, okay, <laughs> that's that's okay because I uh, I've also not done any thinking about it. But off the top of my head, and because I am a genius. Uh, let's <laughs> a questionable <Big> genius. <laughs> questionable <laughs> genius. Uh, let's do Raiders of the Lost Ark: The Adaptation. Mo, you magnificent bastard! <laughs> For those listeners who don't know what Mo is referring to, no, we're not going to be watching Steven Spielberg's Raiders of the Lost Ark nope. because that wouldn't fit into the mandate of this it podcast. Would der- it would certainly not. However, a group of kids 
spending, I think, like seven years making a shot-for-shot remake on uh, on home video of Raiders of the Lost yep. Ark. That is exactly the kind of shit we like to cover. Yes, it is. And that is what we're going to be looking at. The 1989, or at least it was finished in 1989, <laughs> remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark called Raiders of the Lost Ark, <laughs> the, adaptation. the Adaptation. Oh, that's going to be brilliant. That's going to be so much fun. Yeah, so let's let's do it right now. Let's just watch it. <laughs> okay, uh, let's uh, let's pause the tape. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll watch it and come right into it. Okay, done. And we're back. And we're boy, back. Mo. That movie was something else. <laughs> no, we will we will be back in the near future unless Mo has some sort of uh, spiritual crisis that has to be. Taken no, care no. Of. I think I think my uh, I think my crises are uh, are pretty under control for for the time being. You know, I mean, we'll, we'll see if mine are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You know, we'll we'll have to talk about when when we actually are going to be able to record. Because my uh, new job does force me to work uh, the nights that we normally would be recording, but that's not a big deal. Yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. Yeah, we we rarely record the nights we're actually supposed to record anyway. So <laughs> that's very true. <laughs> so Mo has a job and a lady. It seems like 2014 is the year of Mo. Uh, well, let's let's not jinx me now. <laughs> I just did, Mister Fall Down in the Bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for bringing that up. <laughs> He says, see, as see. his fucking ass still hurts. <laughs> Mo was referring, of course, to his own ass. Yeah, my own uh, ass, yeah. <laughs> These are the little tidbits of personal information that you would get if you joined up to our Facebook group. Uh-huh. Actually, maybe not. But you should join up to our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash nightmares all one word. You get all sorts of insider information. You get to discuss uh, low-budget and micro-budget movies with Mo and myself. You get to read great articles. You get to talk to some of the filmmakers. It's a win-win-win-win-win. Right. Who knows who might show up? Oh, I have a feeling I know some of the people who are going to show up. Yeah. We shouldn't say... We shouldn't refer to them in such a weird tone when we started this podcast, <laughs> celebrating how wonderfully supportive they've been. No! I, I'm talking about the people who are wonderfully supportive. We know they will be there, and they will be awesome. Just call their names, and they'll be there. <laughs> uh... Mo, if people want to get a hold of us on places outside of our Facebook group, what's the best way for them to do so? Well, let's see. We're both on Twitter, so that works. Mm. Uh, uh-huh. I mean, I'm the only thing I ever post anymore on Twitter, though, are my ruminations about uh, uh, classic wrestling. But anyway, whatever. Right. I'm at Drunk on VHS. And I am at Doug underscore Tilly. That's T-I-L-L-E-Y. You can also find our podcast, and if you want to do some donating, you can find it at nobudgetpodcast.com. You can find all of our old episodes. Why not have a listen to some classics? You know, one of our classic episodes, Terror Tunes, uh, the film that we covered has just recently been made available on YouTube to watch for free. Why not watch that, then watch... Watch that movie, listen to our episode about it, and then listen to our anniversary episode where we explain a little <laughs> behind-the-scenes tidbits about what occurred with that with that particular episode. Oh, uh, yeah. Timing is good. you got to take advantage. Yes, you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and with that said, Mo, I think we've covered 
all the <laughs> where where our recording time now is reaching two hours. I think we we uh, jibber jabbered a little at the beginning, <laughs> but I think we've we've talked significantly longer than the length of the film, so it's time for us to cut off. Yeah, let's put it this way: after editing, this will still be an hour and fifty minutes. So whatever. Yay! <laughs> good night, folks. Yeah, good night. We'll be back soon. Wow. <laughs> Oh, man. I'm disappointed. The earth's a disgrace. I have traveled. Across time and space to admonish the entire human race. I just didn't plan it like this. All the lawyers are liars, cheats, and thieves, politicians are paid off to deceive the corruption. Too hard to believe They all discriminate And I must eliminate I'll mend this broken flower Just don't give up Man don't have the power And can't give up I've been away for a real long time And might give up I wasn't here then But I am Man and nature, they just don't get along, man and mankind. Can do nothing but wrong They are blinded Blinded. To he who is strong I'll give them one more chance But warn them in advance If they keep sinning then I must begin again I must begin again I might just make them dust and start again I'll mend this broken flower Just don't give up Man don't have the power And can't give up I've been away for a real long time And might give up I wasn't here then But I am here now I'll mend this broken power Just don't give up Man don't have the power And can't give up I've been away for a real long time And might give up I wasn't here then, but I am here now.